You may be seated. It is good to see you this morning. You look good. How do you feel? Feel good? Come on, you're so vocal before for Pastor Darren's like iPhone message. Like, are you vocal? Are you still vocal? Or do you need another coffee or a no-dose? I don't know. Not a no-dose. Don't do no-dose. But uh, it is a, it's good to be in the house this morning. Who's excited to be here? Who's excited to be here? Hey, let's thank the, um, the band. They've disappeared. They usually sit over there. Let's give them a clap as they come from behind the stage. They do a phenomenal job leading us in worship. Uh, you should see them afterwards and say, hey, just thank you for leading us in worship. It's not often that we get to be led into worship uh, by a band. You know, we should be privileged. Hey, give them a hand. They work really, really hard. They work exceptionally hard. They're practicing at home, at night. They practice every week together. Um, thank them. It's good. Who is, ex- who is enjoying um, the Loving Like Jesus series? Who's enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying learning to love like Jesus. It's, um, you know, we all kind of think we know what it is to love like Jesus, and we, we know, but when it comes down to it, it's a lot harder in real life, love is like it's gritty. It's real life. It's where um, you hit the pavement. It's just, it's real life. And so I just, I'm loving this series, just learning how to love like Jesus. And, um, and we, we're closing the series today. Are you excited? Oh, you want to keep learning about loving like Jesus, I can tell. Um, but I'm privileged, if you don't know me, um, I'm privileged, my name's Simeon Grew, I'm one of the pastors here, um, and I'm privileged to be able to close this awesome series called Loving Like Jesus this morning. And um, if you haven't been here for the last few weeks, um, we launched a book, we launched this awesome book called The Loving Like Jesus Activation Journal, and um, Simon Ashley and his team launched that last week, which is really exciting. So if you don't have that book yet, make sure you go grab that book out in the foyer, you can download it on Amazon Kindle if you're a, um, an ebook kind of person. And essentially, it's 26 weeks. As a church, we're going to go through this, this journal together, and it's one devotion a week where we sit down and we just ponder on some scripture, ponder on a thought that's written out for us, and we write a journal entry. And every single week for 26 weeks as a church, we want to move forward and continue to learn to love like Jesus. I mean, after three weeks, I'm hoping after three weeks of this Loving Like Jesus series, we don't just stop loving people like Jesus. And, um, you know, if the next series is faith, I'm not sure what the next series is, but, you know, we don't just leave loving like Jesus here and then we go, I'm, I can't love like Jesus anymore. I'm going to, I've got to focus on faith. No, we continually want to be loving like Jesus. And, um, and there's always stuff in our heart that needs to change. And that's what the point of this activation journal is. So if you don't have a copy, make sure you get it. I think connect groups are kind of just going to touch on it and discuss it. So um, if you've got FOMO, you've got to get that journal. You've got to get that journal. Hey, um, the last three weeks, we've had some incredible messages about, about loving like Jesus. We heard from Jamie Fay. Um, in the first week, he launched the series so powerfully, so real and authentic. And um, I love the main point that he had, or the main point that stuck out to me was that he said, we need to allow people to belong before they behave or before they believe. And I loved that video just before in announcements. This is exactly what they were talking about. Just loving people, 
Loving people with no agenda. Just getting in people's world. And then uh, Pastor Jez um, powerfully spoke last week, and I think she touched on um, that love's found in the presence of God. We can't love people without experiencing love of God. And she, I think she touched on that Jesus loves to the end. That his love goes to the end. It doesn't go halfway. It doesn't let people hang in. He, his love goes to the end. And, um, and Simon Ashley uh, also spoke a little bit about love when he re- re- launched the book. And he said that Jesus uh, changes the playing field when he, when he brought love, when he came. I mean, he is love. But he came and he changed the playing field. And everything changed when he came. So um, are we ready to, to delve into the last kind of portion of our key scripture today? Are we ready? Have you got your Bible? I want to see your Bible. Hold your Bible up high. Hold it up proud. So many phones. That's fine. I don't, I'm, not just, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. I just like the flickability of my paper Bible. But uh, if you don't know where we're at, we're in John 13, verse 34. And uh, I thought we could do something different this morning. I thought we could, like, read it all together. Is that cool? Like, in unison, in this beautiful harmony. Um, if you're a singer, no singing. Don't feel tempted to sing while we're talking together. Uh, just hold that off. If you're, new, if you're King James Version, which I like to think is, like, the, the pirate language version, um, just forget about King James for a second. Just read on with your neighbors, NIV or NLT, New Learners Translation, and... Um, but we're going to read in unison this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Let's go. One, two, three. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I want to read that last bit again. You don't have to follow along with me. It's okay. He says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Hey, let's pray for a second. Lord, I just thank you um, that we can come together as, as your followers, as Christians, as the people of God, as the church. We can come. We can lift you high this morning. We can receive your word. And I pray this morning, Lord, that on the soil of our heart, would be good ground, ready for the seed to be planted, that it'd bear much fruit, Lord. And uh, we thank you that we can have fun in church, and we're going to have a good time this morning. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. I love what Jesus says here. He says, by this, everyone will know. I don't know about you, but um, there's always, I mean, I do know about you, because this is true for everyone. There's always someone in our world that's known by something. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they've, they've kind of got that thing. They've known, they're known by something. And let me, let me put an example out there. Like, the guy at work who smells. I mean, he's always pitting out. You know, he's known as the guy that is always pitting out that smells a bit. Like, you know, he, you're known by something. You know, you might be known as the guy or the person who talks too much. Like, you might just, you know, people might pass by you really quickly. It's because you want to have a half-hour conversation with them. You might be known as, like, the negative guy, you know, the Eeyore kind of dude. Don't be the Eeyore. Don't be negative. Be happy. People want to talk to you and you're happy, right? But everyone is known by something. You know, we have this kind of, this thing. And, And what I think is funny is that, like, the poor guy who pits out and smells a bit at work, you know, the poor guy, like, we all know he smells. We have to kind of let him just 
suffering silence. No one tells him. He's just like, yeah, he has to figure it out himself and we just leave him, by, <laughs> we leave him alone. But we're known by something. And in this, in this world, in this culture, uh, with social media, uh, everything, that there's kind of this, this pressure almost to present an image of how we would like to be known to the world. Facebook, whatever it is, like quotes on Twitter, quotes on Facebook, if you like to be the argumentative guy on Facebook, whatever it is, we kind of, we project this image of how we want to be known. We curate our, our Instagram posts, and I'm all for that, it's fun, like it's good. We curate our Instagram posts, um, if you, you know, if you want to be known like a hipster, you buy clothes that are way too expensive but looks like you found them on the side of the road, and you can be a hipster. Um, and you got no money, and you know, but you you look like you you don't. I mean, I don't know, but or you might be the person. Um, you might be known as the, like the sports guy, like the 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 running guy. I kind of want to be a bit of that lately. Like I like running, and even though I'm not good at it, I like to. I want to be like a running guy. And we all have this thing that we kind of like identify ourselves as and want to be known for. Um, and we put that out there. I mean, this one example is at uni. You might not know that I studied architecture. And our final project of the year is like our, the zenith project, like the, the zenith of the year of architecture design. I love that word. Pastor Nate used that the other week, zenith. That's a good word. Um, but the, the, the point at the end of our studies is we have to produce this project. And we kind of, we're known by our peers. Like this is what our peers are going to remember us by. And there's this, this massive pressure to, to be awesome. You want your peers to remember he's, he's awesome at design. And um, so I, I, my design was pretty good. I was pretty happy with my design, but it included my passion of coffee. And uh, since then, for some reason, I got known as the coffee guy. So I went to work. We had an exhibition and everything to show off our designs. And the guys were like, you're the coffee guy. I'm like, I'm not a coffee guy. I don't want to be known as the coffee. I want to be known as like the good designer guy, like the good architect, you know, like, no, you're the coffee guy. I'm like, I don't want to be known by that. But we all want to be known by something. We all want to be known. And Jesus says here, I love it. He says, as a follower of Christ, as people who follow Jesus, he says, the hallmark, the markings of a disciple, of someone who follows me is love. That's what they're known by. That's what the world will see when they look at you. When they look at a group of people like us, they say, what are they known by? What is victory known by? It is love. It's the way they love one another. Because authentic love is at a low in this world. I mean, John Mayer, I don't know if you're a fan of John Mayer. I love John Mayer. He stood on a stage on his DVD live recording and he said, he said I've done it all. He said, I've I've seen success. He says, I'm a, I'm a self-made man. No one's a self-made man, but he said that. He's a confident guy. And he said, I'm a self-made man. I've done it all. I, I'm, I've hit the peak of my success. But he said, there's one thing I have to check out before I check out. He says, it's love. And he is expressing in that moment, he's like, I haven't experienced real love. He says, he's talking, to, and he says, I want to experience the I got your back kind of love, but it just, it is kind of the anthem of a generation of the world that says, you know, we might think we know what love is, but we don't really know what authentic love is. And there's a world that is craving love. And then John Mayer busts out in an awesome solo, and I'm like, yeah. But we need to be known by love. And Jesus says, that's how the world's going to know. And when I look at this scripture, 
I think it says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I mean, we grow up in church. A lot of us, I mean, a lot of us have grown up in church. We've been around church. We've been, we know the Bible, stuff like that. We know how Jesus is love, how he loved people. We have this mental ascent to how Jesus loved the world. But I'd like to propose to you this morning that we really need to know how Jesus loved. We need to know. And this morning, I, um, I just want to kind of go back and see a couple of examples of how Jesus loved the world. Are we cool with that? Are we good with that? Just really practical, just seeing how Jesus loved the world. I mean, all you uh, revelation junkies, I hope this is okay. This is really practical because when it comes down to it, love is practical. Love is real. Love takes action. Just like faith without works is dead, works without love is a just a sounding gong, clashing of symbols. You know, Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, we need love but there needs to be backed up with something. So I want us to turn um, to a story this morning, um, which is in Luke. Oh, I didn't write down the verse. Sorry, Luke 19, 1 to 10. Luke 19. Let's turn there. Let's turn. We're, we're turning to Luke 19. Let's flick page, Bible, whatever it is. We're talking about Zacchaeus. Who knows about Zacchaeus? Who's heard about Zacchaeus? Uh, Zacchaeus is... He's a pretty cool guy. I mean, he reminds me of George Costanza for some reason. I'm a Seinfeld fan. Zacchaeus, he's short. I don't know. Just George Costanza comes to mind, but let's read, um, let's read Luke 19 this morning. Some Seinfeld fans down the front here. Get in there, Seinfeld. All right, here we go. We're going to draw some things out of this passage this morning. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, that's why I think of George Costanza, he could not see over the crowd. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I mean, it's bold to someone. Bold to, like if I say, I'm coming to your house for dinner. It's like, it's pretty presumptuous. He says, I'm coming to your house for dinner. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, began to complain and gossip. He, is he going to go to the house of a sinner? To be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And I've cheated anybody out of anything. I will pay back four times the amount, Jesus said to him. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. How good is that story? Man, how good is the Bible? I mean, we're going to pull out, we're going to draw out some points about how Jesus loved. Because I think if we're going to love the way Jesus loved, you see, Jesus came into the world with a new culture, a new way of thinking, because the law said, love one another as you love yourself. But Jesus comes and he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And he comes with this Seeds of new culture, the kingdom culture, and he plants these seeds in his disciples. And he, he's saying, this is a new order. This is a new way. This love is so different to what you probably had been walking in before. And my first point this morning is love allows interruptions. Write it down. I don't know. Tattoo it on your arm. Love allows interruptions. You see, Jesus, he was on the way to the cross. He was on the way through. 
I mean, I think some of us are like that sometimes. We're, we're doing life. We're on the way through. We're on the, we're doing, we've got our eyes fixed on our career. We've got our eyes fixed on success. We've got our eyes fixed on being comfortable, being content, all these things. And I mean, I'm talking about legitimate things too. Like God has called us to progress in our career, to influence society. But we're on our way. Sometimes we're so transfixed. And Jesus, he's on his way to the cross. But he, he could have said to Zacchaeus, he could have passed by, seen Zacchaeus like, no, no, I'm, I'm doing something important right now. I'm going to the cross. I'm about to save the world. I'm about to pay for the sins of the world. But no, Jesus stops and he allows an interruption into his world while he's on the way. Imagine that. Imagine for me, John Mayer, a famous person walking through town. You're climbing up and you just want to see the famous person. Could be, I don't know, Lady Gaga. I don't know who it is. For you, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, John Mayer for me. And I look up and say, hey, I'm coming to your house for dinner. He'd be like, whoa, whoa, that's intense. So he has stuff to do, John Mayer. No, I'm coming to your house. And Jesus does that. He allows this interruption into his world. We need to do that. That's how Jesus loved. We need to allow other people to interrupt our world. See, Zacchaeus is a social outcast. No one actually likes Zacchaeus because he's a tax collector. And he's ripping off people, taking their money, and he's wealthy on the backs of other people. So Zacchaeus is kind of a bit of a loner in that moment, hanging out on a tree. And Jesus points him out and says, hey, I'm coming to your house for dinner. We need to do that sometimes. There might be people that are completely different to us. and We need to let them interrupt our world, interrupt us as we're on our way. You know, the Pharisees, I can see the Pharisees were so busy. It says in Scripture, it says the Pharisees were busy, you know, fixing their garments, fixing their hats, fixing the tassels on their robes. The religious people of the time were so fixated and so consumed and time-consumed of fixing themselves, of making themselves look perfect, of trying to make their world right, that they had no time for anyone else to interrupt their world. So I'd like to propose today that sometimes we, we need, we're not going to be perfect before we can love a, a broken world. We're not going to be, we're not, we can't wait till we're perfect to allow other people to interrupt our world and for us to love them. We need to just love people and let them interrupt our world. Point number two. I like to call what the, the Pharisees did in this story religious reactions. Religious reactions. I think we've all got some. You see, like I said, Zacchaeus was, he was, he was a bit of an outsider, a social outcast. He was shunned. And the religious reactions from the Pharisees was when Jesus allowed Zacchaeus to interrupt his world, the religious started to mutter. The religious started to go, hey, what's Jesus doing? He's like interacting with a notorious sinner. He's interacting with someone who, who doesn't behave. He's, he's actually going to his house for dinner. Well, I can't believe he's doing that. And the Pharisees have these, these religious reactions all through Scripture, these kind of knee-jerk reactions towards the way that Jesus loved for people. I mean, if you all got reactions like that, go see Simon Ashley at a tune. I mean, that's probably not right. I don't know what I'm doing there. But, um, but sometimes I think without knowing, we have religious reactions. I mean, sometimes they not, might not be external. But I know in myself, there's sometimes this thing that has this knee-jerk reaction, this, just this quick reaction to someone who's different to me. 
to someone um, who I think might be doing the wrong thing. This reaction kind of happens in me. And so my second point is that we have to resist these religious reactions in us. Jesus didn't flinch. I love Jesus didn't flinch. Jesus just invited him to his house. Zacchaeus hadn't even repented. Zacchaeus hadn't said, I'm a bad guy. I'm sorry, Jesus. Zacchaeus hadn't done a thing. He's just hanging out in a tree. And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. His reaction is completely different to those of the Pharisees. His reaction is more is a righteous reaction. His, his go-to, his default is to love and accept straight away. And I love what Jamie said of the first week. And this, this story exemplifies it so well. Is that we have to allow people to belong before they behave. That should be our reaction. That should be our reaction. I just love it that Jesus doesn't flinch. And Jesus is bold. Love is bold. Jesus, he is out on a limb while these religious guys are just giving him something, just giving him stuff, just slandering Jesus. And he is out on a limb with a crowd, and he's bold with his love. He's courageous with his love. He's dangerous with his love. He's like, he's putting his reputation on the line to love someone. Love is bold. Love is dangerous. It's not just this, this great idea and thought. It's action. It's bold. It's gritty. It's real. When we start to love people, we start to let people interrupt our world, we resist our religious reactions to people who are different to us. We begin to become uncomfortable and allow, allow people into our world that are different to us. My third point is love is persistent. Love is persistent. I love that Jesus, he didn't just acknowledge Zacchaeus. He didn't say, hey man, and move on. He wasn't just giving Zacchaeus a peace sign. He didn't just like walk past and Zacchaeus, let's get a selfie, all good, catch you later. I'm on my way doing my thing. Now Jesus was persistent. And he said to Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. See, love enters Love takes initiative, and Jesus doesn't just kind of give someone the wink and the gun as he walks by. He says, no, I'm, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to commit to fellowship with you in some kind of way. He says, he says I, it's a time commitment. It's not just a time commitment. It's an emotional commitment. It's a, it's a physical commitment. It's a reputation commitment. Jesus is making a complete commitment. He said, before, this is before Zacchaeus even repents. And he says, I'm coming to your house. He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to sit at your table and I'm going to eat with you. Love is persistent. It doesn't just leave someone hanging. It doesn't leave someone hanging in limbo. It doesn't say, hey man, keeps going. No, love is persistent. It said, I'm going to get into your world. It doesn't wait for that person to get into his world. He says, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to get into your world. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to make the first move. I'm going to take the initiative because Jesus took the initiative and love takes the initiative. Love says, if you're not going to open a door, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm coming to your house. I don't even know if you've got a roast on, but I'm coming to your house. I mean, I'm hungry. I'm coming to your house. Just... I love that. And Zacchaeus is so overwhelmed. And he comes to my house. The religious people, I can't believe Jesus. What's he doing? Eating with a sinner. Being associating with a sinner. Jesus' Jesus' reputation is going out the window. I loved how Jesus walked. He kind of love was the highest calling. 
love above everything was the highest calling for Jesus. So point number one, love allows interruptions. We've got to, love, we've got to allow people to interrupt our world. Love resists religious reactions. That thing in us that judges straight away, we've got to resist that. And just see what God sees in people. See, the, see how God created people. I mean, even I was having a drink with my friend Dino the other night, and um, this guy on drugs, this high as, comes floating through, and I'm a people watcher by, like, ask Jess. I just, I'm bad. I'm a people watcher if I'm out in public. And, like, he's coming through, and I'm just like, oh, who's that guy? We catch eyes. Ta-da. <laughs> having a drink with my friend Dino. He's coming towards me. He sits down right next to me. And... <laughs> And in that moment, my natural self, my, I had a religious reaction. I was like, I just want to talk to my friend Dina. I don't, like, this guy's annoying. I don't know. He could, well, he might want to fight me. I don't know. It looks like he wants to fight me. He, like, you know. And I turned to him and I started to have a conversation. It was an interesting conversation. The most expletives I've ever heard this year and last year combined. <laughs> But there was a grace in that moment. I didn't flinch. It didn't bother me. I'm okay with language. I don't do it. But And in that moment, I allowed this guy to interrupt my world, and I decided to engage. I changed my body posture. I faced towards him. And he started to say, I'm a Buddhist Christian. So, whoa, what's that? What's a Buddhist Christian? He says, yeah, I believe Allah's God. I'm like, I'm so confused, man. Like, <laughs> like this is getting interesting. And he was talking 100 mile an hour. He started freestyle rapping everything. It was, it was awesome. It was so fun. And uh, I tried to witness. I was like really hard. I was like, man, I believe Jesus is God. He's just, I don't know. He's just, he's obviously higher. But I believe God used in that moment a seed. Just planted a seed. Love. Love this guy. And he moved on. I said, have a great night, man. And he just moved on. Freestyle rapping <laughs> down the road. And... Um, and we've got to resist those religious reactions. That's loving people. Love isn't convenient all the time. Love isn't comfortable all the time. We've got to let people just ruin our comfort. The kingdom of God isn't advanced by being comfortable. It's not. It says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Love is action. It says his kingdom is not about a matter of talk. But of power. When we act with the Spirit of God, there's power in that moment. And you might be saying to me this morning, you might say, Simo, that's awesome. I've heard how we're meant to love people. I've heard this for three weeks. I've been in church a long time. I know my Bible. I know how I'm meant to love people. But when it comes to like the reality of how to love, I like I don't have capacity. I don't have room. Like I'm stressed half the time. I'm anxious half the time as it is. I don't even love myself half the time. How am I going to love someone else? How am I going to love someone? How am I meant to love like Jesus when I feel like I can't even love my kids like Jesus? And the truth is, we, we can't do it. We can't love like Jesus. Don't go try harder this week. We can't love like Jesus. And there's this story in, it's another story where Jesus is having dinner with people. 
And Jesus is having dinner with Pharisees this time. He's sitting down with the Pharisees, with the religious guys, because Jesus loves the Pharisees too. I mean, he had a bit of a go at them. But he's willing to dine with a sinful person, and he's willing to dine with a self-righteous religious person. And so he's sitting with the Pharisees and um, and this woman comes in and anoints Jesus' feet with oil and just like is loving on Jesus. And this woman is a notorious sinner as well. And and the Pharisees are kind of looking a bit dismayed and Jesus can tell what's going on in the Pharisees' minds. And he says, hey, he says, hey, Simon, can I tell you something? And he says, yeah, teacher, tell us. What are you going to tell us? He says, it's a parable. There's two people. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Um, Simo's translation. He says, there's two people. One owes his master $10,000, the other owes him 100 bucks. So the master says, look, you both don't have to pay me back. It's all good. And he says to the Pharisees, he said, who, who, who is forgiven more? Who's forgiven more? And he says, of course, the guy who, the guy who uh, got forgiven for $10,000. He's like, you said it right. He said, Simon said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. Jesus says, you have judged correctly. Then Jesus said, and he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but the woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But for whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. You know, the capacity of your love for others will grow as you realize His capacity to love you. I feel like that's where we're at. And when we read these stories about Jesus dining with sinners, with, with these people... I don't know about you, but I feel like most of the time as a third party, as a third person looking into this story, we identify with Jesus and we're like, yes, I've got to sit with, I've got to go spend more time with like the world, with sinful people. That's how I've got to love them. Right? I've got to do that. I've got to do what Jesus does. I've got to find some, some bikies and I've got to go sit with them. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But have you ever identified with the sinful person. With the person who knows they're, they're broken, with the person who knows they've got stuff in the world, the person who knows they don't measure up to, to the goodness of God, all this kind of stuff. Have you ever identified with them and imagine Jesus saying, hey, I want to come to your house. Say, hey, I want to come to your house. He's like, my house isn't tidy. So I'm coming to your house for dinner. I don't care if it's tidy. He says, I'm walking in to your mess. He says, I'm coming to dine with you. I'm coming to sit with you. In fact, I've prepared a table for you in front of your enemies. And so this morning, I think we have to switch places if we want to understand and perceive the capacity of His love for us. Because That's the only way we're going to love the world more. That's the only way we're going to grow in our capacity to love the world, to love people, is if we sit and perceive how much He loves us. And this morning, I want to make a call. I want want us to respond to the love of God. Because Jesus said, 
new command I'll give you, love one another as I have loved you. This is how the world's going to know that you're my disciples. This is how the world's going to know. This is how the world is going to know that you are followers of Jesus when you carry and administer the true love, the authentic love of God. But the only way you're going to grow in your capacity is if you sit and realize how much I actually love you. So this morning, I just want us us to close our eyes for a moment. Let's close our eyes. And I don't know who you identify as this morning. You might identify as Zacchaeus. You might identify as the sinful woman. You might identify as the Pharisees. You're like, man, I've been judging. Like I've just been so, my religious reactions have been out of control lately. I'm feeling righteous about it, but that's not how Jesus loved. And you're realizing that you need to experience his love in order for those reactions to, to disappear. So you might be one of those three people this morning. I don't know where you're at. But I want us to respond to the love of God this morning. I want us to say, Jesus, I want to allow you to come into my world. I want to allow you to dine with me. I want to allow you to spend time with me. I want to spend time with you. And I want to understand more. I want to perceive how much you love me. I want my capacity to grow so I can administer the love to the world, this broken world. And so this morning, this call is for everyone. If you want to grow in your capacity to love other people, we can't do it ourselves. If that's you this morning, if you want to grow in your capacity to love like Jesus, if you want to relinquish the control of trying to do it yourself, being frustrated and being stressed out, if that's you and you're like, I want to love like Jesus, I want to relinquish this control, and I just want to experience His love so I can release that experience. If that's you this morning, I just want to, I want you to stand up. I just want us to stand as a congregation as followers of Jesus, as a commitment to say, Jesus, I'm not going to love the way I love. I'm going to want to love the way you love. Let's just raise our hands while we're standing up. Awesome. It's great. It's a commitment we can all make. Lord, right now in this place, We relinquish control of trying to love people the way we love people, the way we think we should love people. We relinquish control of trying to love people the way the world loves people. We're going to be a people who love the way you loved us. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment we would experience your love. That would allow you in to dine with us right now so that our capacity to love might grow. Right now, Holy Spirit, condemnation, self-condemnation gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we would realize right now how much we are loved. God's just saying to release it now. So just keep your eyes closed, your hands raised. I just feel like God is saying to you right now, individually, because He sees you individually. He knows you individually. He formed you and created you, fearfully and wonderfully made before the foundations of the earth. 
and he says to you, it's really simple. He says, you're my favorite. He says, you're my favorite. He looks at you and says, you are my favorite. I really like you. Just receive that. Just picture God saying, I really like you. Yeah, but Jesus, I'm a, my house not tidy. I've got things sorted out, ready for you to come check it out and how good I am. No, 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 no. I like, just, I like you the way, I just like you. I mean, he's not going to leave you the way you are. He loves you too much. But he says, right now, I like you. Right now, where you're at, you're my favorite. I thank you, Lord. We know that you love us. But right now, I pray that we know that you, you like us. That you like spending time with us. He said, I want to be with you. He wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. So Lord, I just thank you for this word this morning. I pray that everyone standing that says, I want to experience your love more. We just know the goodness of God right now and throughout this week. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stay standing just to worship a little bit. If you're here this morning and you haven't experienced this love of God, you haven't experienced the love of Jesus, and you're saying, who is this Jesus? If you, you might have walked away for a bit and you're like, I'm, I feel like this sinful. I don't feel like Jesus can come to my house. If that's you, if you are not walking with Christ right now and you're, you want to say, I want to walk with Christ, just raise your hand. I want to see you this morning. I want to pray with you. If that's you this morning, say, I want to walk with Christ again. I haven't been, I'm coming back. If that's you, for the first time, you're saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive this free gift of grace. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, let's worship. And let's just love, let the love of God, the goodness of God, wash over us this morning.